Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. I hope you're hungry because today we'll be talking about Monica's book on Chiquetti and how to book food tours with her. You'll also want to check out her website if you haven't yet. There's so much information there. MonicaCesarato.com. Back to Monica. Okay, so I've been doing my food tour since 2008, and the story is a bit long and funny. So four years before I did the food tours, I used to have a bed and breakfast in the countryside. I was the first one in my town to have a bed and breakfast. And uh, my target was mainly budget travelers. When the days when they were good backpackers, not the, the new ones, the old ones. But I remember they used to arrive with a thick guide. They used to stay four or five days. They were on a budget because they were in reach, but they were on a budget when it came down to do things. They wanted to see the art. They wanted to do the experience. So they might save their money on transport and on sleeping, but they were spending in the city. Okay. And uh, but the problem was that many times they were coming back in the, at the bed and breakfast in the morning where we were talking, said, oh, be- Venice is beautiful. We really enjoy. But we ate very bad. And I keep thinking, why did you eat very bad? Because I always eat very well. Yeah. And then he came to me that, of course, uh, until 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, there was a big, huge difference between where the Venetian used to go eat and where the tourists went to eat. Mm. And there was this big, massive gap, okay? So I thought, well, maybe I should start to give some information. And I started my own blog. That was to promote the bed and breakfast. But also I wanted to give information of how to do Venice properly, okay? As a, you know, giving the right information about where to eat, how to do it, and so on. And then... I start to promote on social media. On social media, people start to follow me. Every time they were coming to Venice, they were asking me to meet them. And, you know, you go once, you go twice, you go three times. And the fourth time, you know, it was my time at the end of the day. Yeah. Hang on. Maybe I should do this as a job. Yeah. So I thought, well, what, what do I like doing? I can't do it as a guy because I'm not a, a professional monument guide uh, but, for, mm, but I like food mm-hmm. and I do have uh, you know uh, I, I have got a diploma in tourism you know so I thought mm, okay I could do like a food tour they do it in other countries so I started uh, my chiquetti tour it was me and another big company and that's it there was nobody else uh, and nobody in 2008 when I mentioned chiquetti nobody knew what they were I mean, I had... And let's say this again for the listeners. When you mentioned Cicchetti and Cicchetti, for those who don't are know... Small, yeah, they are the small... They're not tapas. They're the small uh, side dishes we have when we have wine in Venice. Okay. okay. And it's a tradition. It's not just uh, the food. It is a way of doing uh, a certain uh, walk of Venice, you know, you go from one place, you have a, an ombra, glass, small glass of wine with a chiquetto, then you stay there for a, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, then you go to another one and you do another one and you do another one. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a pub crawl, but 
Venetian style. Got as it. in, as you don't, and you don't get drunk uh, so much right. because you're eating a lot. Right. Yeah. So I start doing it, start to promote it. Uh, I start to get to be known. And next thing you know, now uh, practically every every single tour operator in the world and in Venice uh, are doing Chiquetti tour. That's fine. I was the first one, so <laughs> I will always be the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I do work with word of mouth because I, I do make sure I, I, I always uh, believe that uh, groups should be small. Yes. That my numbers are maximum eight people because I like to have interaction with uh, who I'm talking to. And only that, I don't really get it. You have this big group that go around with <clears throat> 20, 25, 30 people. The bars in Venice are tiny. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can get in with all of those people. Right. And another thing that I don't like doing is too many places because it, for me it's about explaining people how to order what to order and what to eat the way then they can go on their own so i always say to everybody to try to do this kind of tour the first or the second day the way then you can use the, the knowledge Ooh, okay so great tip so if you're going to venice how far in advance do people need to i'm assuming they can book a tour with you online on your website yeah, yeah, yeah. They, ju- yeah, they just send me an email. Like on my website, they can find out there is all the information and on how to book and everything. They just send me an email. It's on request anyway. Usually, I always say the sooner the better. Yeah. But I do take also last minute as in the day before. Never the same morning because it's impossible oh God, for no. me yeah. to organize myself. I mean, it does happen sometimes that people call me. If I already have a tour running and I do have space, people are always nice and welcome. But as I say, because I keep my tours small, I get pretty booked up. So, and you know. So let's say that you had someone who is traveling alone and they really wanted to get on the inside of Venice and move among the natives. They want to book multiple tours with you and they're going to stay for five days. Well, I usually, for, okay. So for one person, usually they have, I have to join an existing of tour. Of course, yes. Okay. Yeah. Or if they're willing to pay for two people, then I can set usually set, an, set one up because my minimum number is for two I people. I understand. Okay. So the first day would be a food, a chiquetti tour, would you say? And then yeah. what other tours? But usually I do, I do another free type of tours that it is the cake and chocolate tour. Mm. I do a coffee and chocolate tour and I do a tea and chocolate tour. But um, in all three cases, we have a chocolate tasting in a proper chocolate parlor. Okay, so with a chocolate matter and everything. And it's all about like the cake and chocolate. We go around to two or three different patisseries and it's a true and an ice cream parlor. And it is a true boost of, uh, I mean, it's not recommended for diabetics <laughs> because it's like a sugar rush galore. All right. Um, my favorite one, I got to say, is the coffee and chocolate, because first we go to one of the oldest coffee roasters in Venice, and then we do coffee tasting there with explanation on coffee and everything. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the chocolate parlors to do the tastings. And both tastings usually last about an hour. Okay. And in between, we go to walk. So, okay. Yeah. What are a couple of the places that are off the beaten path that people would never know about if they came to Venice? I mean, do you have a favorite? Do you have one or two favorites? Or are you not allowed to I can say? tell you for, I'm not going to tell you about the cake and chocolate and stuff. No, okay. but I can tell you the chiquetti because there's so many of them and I wrote a book about it. So <laughs> they're only my book anyway. Yes. Uh, right. I think, uh, okay, one really undiscovered, and this is also 
I got to say, it's um, it was a new entry from. It's an old entry because I've been there for long, long, long time. But it was a new entry for me because I discovered them while I was uh, researching the book. But it's this little place uh, in Castello, and Castello is one of the most residential areas of Venice. And this place is in the middle of nowhere. It's called Osteria La Scuola, and I love it because when you walk inside, you literally are. Uh, it's like somebody has a time machine. It's like being back in the sixties. But the place looks like the 60s. The food on display is from the 60s. Wow. And the people behave like from the 60s. Really? So it is amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Every <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's so, and it's just a, near the Biennale. So it's actually quite, uh, and I love them because it's the Cicchetti of the traditional, real, 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 like, uh, you know, they used to be in the old days. That's one of my favorite. Osteria, Osteria, la, l a, uh-huh. l a, la, and then separate word, scuola, s c u e l a, Osteria la scuola, yeah, and then definitely, and tell them I sent you to your listeners if you go, Monica sent us. So tell tell us your last name. Pronounce it. Monica Cesarato. Ah, but they know me. Cesarato. Tell, oh. Yeah, just say Monica from the book. They'll know. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> Everybody well, knows me. <laughs> okay, so they book a tour with you the first day. Definitely yeah. they make sure to go to that place if if it's not in the tour. Um, and I won't share all my other my Venice pictures with I won't bore you here. <laughs> but I just I just don't want to go back. I never now. get bored. I never get bored with Venetian. I mean, I always say you can never get a wrong picture in Venice, even when you do it wrong. Oh, that's oh, oh he's got a nice tummy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's an old, that's an old, an older gondolier. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's an older gondolier. Tell us more about your culinary background, and and do you give any cooking classes? Yes. Okay. So my culinary background is one major one. I like eating. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's my main. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then I grew up watching my mom cooking. She never told me anything uh, because my mom is classical Italian. Mom, how do you make that? Oh, you make it like this, you make it like this, you take a little bit of that, you take a little bit of that, put it together and then it's done with this accent. Okay. Yeah. That's my mom. So it's really funny because when I had to start to write the book, uh, uh, the book on Cicchetti is about the history itinerary, but there are also more than 30 recipes. And some of the recipes I've asked her, and it was crazy because she was giving me all this information about like, you know, very approximative. And I had to go, wait, wait. So she had, she, let's say she had the rice in her hand. Wait! <laughs> to go and mess with, right. with the scales and stuff. Like, Is that know. an Italian uh, thing um, where, yeah, where you don't do yeah. measurements? I don't think it's just an Italian. I think it's just, uh, I think it's generally people that know how to cook. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cultures, cultures, but the culture where food uh, um, is very important because look, Chinese are pretty sure they don't measure. Koreans don't measure. Uh, uh, Greeks don't measure. It's just, I think is co- the culture where Food is very important. You cook a lot. You don't, you, you can't stay very measured all the time, whatever. So I think as, uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, and so I used to watch my mom a lot. I used to like a lot. Then I read a lot. And then, uh, you know, I just experimented and things. And then I realized I, I'm not a chef. I'm a cook. And then back in uh, 2010, just a few years after I, f- I was doing the cooking lesson, uh, sorry, I was doing the tour, somebody in a tour said to me, oh, you should do cooking lessons. And I thought, yeah, I could. 
you know, as long as we teach, you know, simple recipes. And I wanted to, mainly I wanted to teach uh, with my partner, Arianna, my friend Arianna, we wanted to teach ve- real Venetian cooking, not Italian cooking, real Venetian cooking. Yes. That is very simple and it's different from Italian cooking. Because people don't understand that in Italy we have, you know, over regions. And each region is totally different. And the way you eat in Venice is not the way you eat in Florence. It's not the way you eat in Rome or in Sicily. Venetian cooking is on the verge of being, uh, but it's not, on the verge of being plain and bland, but it is not. What it is, is Venetian cooking, the basics of Venetian cooking is that your main ingredient must be super fresh. Uh But because it's super fresh, doesn't need a lot of condiments, doesn't need a lot of stuff to go with. So you have one main basic ingredient and then two or three other side ingredients to enhance the flavor, not to cover it. So we don't use spices. We use herbs. We use a lot of parsley. We use garlic. We use uh, sage. We use uh, rosemary, a little bit of uh, thyme, a little bit of basil, but not so much, but mainly that and a lot of onions and a little bit of garlic. Again, we don't use tons of garlic like you tend to use now in America. But I think it's a problem. Again, uh, Italian cooking in America has been totally distorted. We do not use so much garlic here. Okay. Um, You don't need to because if ingredient is fresh, yeah, you can add the garlic, but it doesn't need to be Uh overpowering. Uh So Venetian cooking, to some extent, to some people, you think, oh, but... It doesn't taste like anything. No, no, it does taste it because you can taste the freshness of ingredients, yeah. mm-hmm. but you need to get used to that, okay? And um, and a big difference between what you eat in Venice and what you eat in the Veneto region. In Venice, it's mainly about fish. In the Veneto region, it's mainly about meat and vegetables. You know, very different uh, again. And uh, people forget the Veneto region above all Venice is a place where to eat risotto. Mm-hmm. If it can be edible, he can go into a risotto. That's my philosophy. Okay. Be it roses, strawberries, fruits, uh, vegetables, whatever. If you can cook it, he can definitely go in a risotto. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk for a second about what you mentioned about the purity and freshness of the food. I'm sure fish is caught all the time. That, that one yeah. I understand. But because of the salt, um, the salt levels that people need to have their gardens above... Yes, but it's not the verbal. The, 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 the gardens are within closed walls because otherwise the water will take it away. And they are within the courtyards of, of you know, where the buildings are. So, so, for example, where do some of your favorite restaurants get their fresh fruits and vegetables? Oh, from the island. Oh, from the island of Sant'Erasmo, from uh, the island of Vignole, from Treporti, that is literally just after Burano. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, and it's different. It's a totally different. Um, the flavor is different because it's got a lot of minerals. I mean, the island of Sant'Erasmo is very famous for the artichokes, the purple artichokes called... Uh, um, Castraure, Castraure. Okay, that is a particular uh, kind of artichoke that exists only on the island, uh, on, the, on the Laguna Venice. It's a purple artichoke, and the Castraure is the first uh, baby born artichoke, and they're very delicate. And you can only have them in a certain season, that is April, May. After that, is normal artichokes. And then you have, oh my God, in the Venetian Lagoon, we, you know, we grow peas. Uh, uh, tomatoes, uh, the salads, uh, you, you name it, we have it. According to the season, we have it. 
And it's, the soil is particular for that reason because it's got a lot of salt and minerals, so it's perfect. Interesting. Do you build the cooking classes into the tours? Do you have them separately? No, no, no. So, no, no. So they're separate. It's a separate thing also because they're one-day cooking classes. Okay. So the problem at the moment is we used to do them in a palace in Venice, but since COVID, or oh, unfortunately, the palace at the moment, we cannot use it. So we do it in the countryside. We usually pick people up in the car. Mm-hmm. They come back to the countryside. It's a day uh, job. So we usually stop for uh, shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go shopping to the fishmonger, we go shopping to the greengrocer and stuff. We collect all the ingredients. Then it's a three to four hours cooking class, hands-on. So the people do cook. They know it's not just watching, you get to cook. And then once we finish cooking, we all sit together, have a meal all together with some nice typical Veneto wine. And then uh, later on, about three o'clock, I'll take people back to the city. Or what we do is, so we organize the classes in the people apartment. So if people are renting an apartment and the apartment is big enough and there are enough cooking equipment, there is enough cooking equipment, pots and pans, then we will meet them at Rialto Market, do the shopping there, Ooh, and then fun. go to the apartment and do the uh, lessons there. Another thing we started doing in the last few years is also uh, dinners. So we actually go and cook in people's home. There is a uh, minimum number of people, but uh, yeah, we uh, we like doing that. And again, we bring all the ingredients. And so you tell us, look, we want to eat at eight o'clock. We turn up there maybe a couple of hours before and we cook uh, a typical Venetian dinner. Wow. I love it. But it's also fun and it's obviously... Oh, yes, it is. Your passion. And yeah. so... What it, I- it's, not, it's not so fun in August when, you know, like a temperature of today, trust me, is hot. But generally speaking, no, it's fun because you get to meet a lot of different people and it's interesting to see people's different tastes. And, uh, to you know, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, majority of people arrive with a stereotype lasagne, spaghetti bolognese, yes. spaghetti meatballs, and then you introduce them to Venetian cooking. They go, oh, we didn't realize that you could eat this way. So I think the greatest, for me, the greatest satisfaction is when I manage to make people eat cuttlefish in its own black ink. That is as good, as good. And I like when people say, ooh, we we would never have eaten it, you know, if it was for us. But when they try and it opens a new world to them, I think. Yeah, the whole point of traveling. And so where could listeners find your book? Is Is it purchasable on your website? Okay, so my book is actually is already available in Italian on Amazon, but is coming out in English next month. I just oh, spoke literally this morning to my editor that asked me uh, for a couple of things for the English version, but he is already confirming uh, they're working this week. So I reckon within a couple of weeks it should be out uh, to the printers. So, so it will be I will be out on uh, Amazon. It's avail- mm-hmm. It will be available on Amazon like the Italian version. If it's the name is Andar per Bacari, I will leave the Italian name because by now it's known for their name. But if they go to my website, there will be a link bringing over to Amazon where they can purchase it. Yes. Okay, perfect. 